Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods, an angler's choice out of San Diego, California. Today's guest is Mike Clark. Our people might know him as Hucker Mike. He is a professional uh, dirt jumper, a BMX rider, also a fisherman, a diver as well. Great dude. Got hooked up with him through my buddy, my my buddy Justin, and uh, he's buddies with Mike Lane as well. Great episode. He has has a cool outlook on on uh riding and fishing and even sponsorships so uh you might want to listen to the whole thing just to hear some cool perspective from a guy that's very successful in a different industry riding bmx it's kind of cool what he's done and how he's done it so yeah he was a great episode monday will be don osborne and jeremy anderson from black dog another great episode we got had a lot of fun, got a little drinking going, so it's a fun time. A lot of great information. Um, it'll be a good one. Check out the castandcrankpodcast.com website for your merch. Check out what we have on there. Uh, grab what you can. Really appreciate that. Check out the Patreon. This month's Patreon sponsor is Working Class Zero. Thank you again, Mike Gilbert, for being a big supporter. And thank you, Angler's Choice Tackle out of San Diego. They got some good stuff going on. Is there anything better than watching giant bluefin tuna crash on your kite bait? Nope, nothing. Attention offshore anglers and kite fishermen. Our friends at Angler's Choice in San Diego are selling custom kite rigging kits, making it easier than ever to fish the kite. AC takes the guesswork out of it, saving you time and money by assembling everything you could possibly need in one custom kite rigging kit. The AC Custom Kite Rigging Kit includes four pre-rigged ready-to-fish kite leaders, one 200-pound floral frozen flyer rig with trocar circles, one 200-pound floral frozen flyer rig with owner trebles, one 200-pound mono double treble mackerel rig with trocar circles, one 130-pound mono double treble sardine rig with trocar circles, four Qualitex three-foot round balloons, two yellow, two white, four leg kite strings, Kite line by indicator marking tape, tough line rigging floss, bait rigging needles of five pack, six inch and 10 inch bamboo rigging skewers with micro zip ties, 320 pound size six ball bearing swivels, duo lock snaps, and ceramic kite rings. The AC kit includes everything you need and nothing you don't. All packaged in a durable reusable tackle box. So next time you're in San Diego headed out for Bluefin, be sure to visit Angler's Choice. Your one-stop shop for all things kite fishing. And be sure to check out the AC Custom Kite. 
By far the most versatile and effective kite ever designed. No joke. Totally durable for every wind condition and balloon assist. Have questions? Need answers? AC staff is the nicest and most knowledgeable staff around. Angler's Choice is located at 1910 Rosecrans Street in San Diego and follow them on Instagram at Angler's Choice Tackle. And remember to support your independent tackle dealers, the life's blood of the sport fishing community. Yeah, check them out if you're down in San Diego. Great tackle shop. Big supporter of the podcast. Also, uh, I'll see you guys this weekend. I'll probably be down there for an hour or two. I got uh, the kids, so I'll see you at LA Fishing Alliance's event. I think it's from 9 to 2. I'll be there just to hang out, say what's up, come down, say what's up, hang out. And uh, we will be at Toxic Day 3 this year doing podcasts. I think we're going to do a whole event podcast with a ton of people. So check that out as well. When it does come out, the big main flyer, we will be there. It'll be fun. Back at NorCal, I got some great guests coming up. We got Bass Dynasties coming on. Uh, Piz is coming back on. I think he's going to come on with Greg as well, so it'll be a cool one. And some other big guests I'm waiting to confirm before I announce them. So it's going really good. Thanks for all the support, guys. Also, check out the YouTube. The first episode of the three-part Calico series will be out this week. So check that out. There'll be a little teaser for the longer edit of the trailer tomorrow and the first episode will be out friday so check it out share it appreciate it and thanks for listening guys bye <laughs> um, welcome to cast and crank this episode is with uh mike clark hucker mike is what everyone probably knows you as more right yeah hucker it's a nickname <laughs> i've been cursed with since i was a grown why is it cursed i used to be the sketchiest kid at cheap hills really and- you know, I just had way more balls and skills and yeah. just would be trying to learn tricks over jumps I couldn't jump. And it got to the point to where some of the locals would tell me to go home because they didn't <laughs> want to see me die. And then if I didn't go home, they would leave because they yeah. literally didn't want to see me die. It was yeah. super sketchy. <laughs> um, you grew up in Huntington then, right? Uh, technically Fountain Valley. Fountain Valley. Okay. So it was about four miles back from the beach down Brookhurst and directly between my house and the beach where she pills. Okay. Nice. So my local trails. Yeah. Um, how about, so we'll talk about the fishing part kind of first where you did some spear fishing. Your whole life you've been doing it, right? Yeah. Well, so I grew up trout fishing. My grandparents and my uncle and their kids all lived up in Big Bear. Okay. So we'd go up there every weekend. Uh, two times a year, I'd go to Utah to go fish like, uh, what was it, Penguich Lake, Pite Reservoir, Otter Creek, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Go to the Sierras, go fish the June Loop, do all that. So I grew up trout fishing. And then, geez, in late, in toward the end of high school, got a little into ocean fishing and okay. like mostly do ocean fishing now. You still don't tr- you trout fish a little bit here and there? Yeah, I still do. Really? I still I still really enjoy trout fishing. Just yeah. sitting out there, chilling for the day, just staring at the water, <laughs> just bait fishing. It's yeah. Sick. How did it uh, change when you went into the ocean? Um, well, I grew up surfing also, and the first time I actually, like, we used to always go fish Newport Harbor. Like, yeah. We'd always do that at night, go catch, like, smooth hounds and leopard sharks yeah. and stingrays, then go fish the docks and all that. And then got into high school, started doing that with my friends at night, and just kind of fell in love with it. Then mm-hmm. my dad had a couple skipjacks growing up, so we got into that, and that nah, was fun, man. You chased uh, tuna and stuff with your dad? Uh, my brothers, yeah, and my dad a couple really? times, yeah. But I had a twenty foot Seacraft center console, and we definitely tried chasing a lot of tuna <laughs> with that keyword. Tried. <laughs> I got that boat probably seven years ago, and there's like two summers where I was out two to three days a week. Wow! And just 
fucking going for it, not knowing what I was doing. My first boat, I had um, it was a 14-foot game fisher. Yeah, I know what it is. I had a little 15-horsepower Yamaha on it. Dude, we took that thing out past Cat. Like, no radio. What do you mean no, you took it past Cat? We went out of Dana Point. You drove the fucker all the way to Cat with a 15-horsepower. No, not to Cat, but we were straight out of Dana Point looking at the backside of Catalina. And we didn't have a fish finder, how, no how radio. How far was that, dude? How many hours were you out? All day. All day. Really? Yeah. But how much gas did, did you even dude, plan? Were you just like, well, dude, I had a 22 gallon tank on there. And the most, <laughs> like I would go out all day, never turn the engine off, like looking for tuna all day or just looking for yellowtail or whatever yeah. it was that day that we were going for. And I think the most I ever burnt was like half a tank. Damn. That thing was badass. And, and you it, never, never sketched out. Never. Not really. No. I mean, we we pick and chose our days. Okay. But I mean, that was my first boat. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, it was fun, dude. We got into some shit with that thing. You probably learned a shitload just from that first boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get a fish finder and chart plotter. <laughs> <laughs> How about fog? You ever have fog rolling? Yeah. Um. So, dude, a crazy thing. We went on. My brother and I, Myron, we went out of Newport one day. And we're like, oh, dude, let's go fish the pipe. You know. Yeah. And uh, fogged in, dude. Just yeah. so fogged in. And we're going out. And we're like, hey, you know, fuck it. It's going to burn off at some point. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we're going. And there's a rope off the front. And, like, my tiller had a, what's those extension sticks called? So I know what you're talking about. So you could sit. Yeah. And, so I'm, yeah. like, standing in the middle of the boat, like, holding on to the bait tank. And he's standing on the bow holding on to a rope. And whales pop up right in front of us. And we're just like, fuck whale. It's crazy. It's just scary. Dude, dude, it's so... You know how it is in the fog. It's eerie, dude. It's spooky. And then, like, we weren't going fast, but they literally popped up 10 feet in front of us. And we're just like, whoa. Could be one of those videos on. They got you not swim good, huh? Dude, yeah, right? <laughs> well, probably would have never been seen again. It's so fogged in. It's crazy. I, I mean, that. we had a game fisher. Those are unsinkables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did the same thing. I was at Dana Point at like uh, Salt Creek. Yeah. And um, we're fishing and I'm looking down and like maybe five feet in front of me. It's right there. It's going on a boat pretty much. A huge like 40 foot whale scraping his belly on the kelp and i'm like i'm out of here yeah i'm like dude i'm not even gonna you know yeah. he wants to be here cool man i'm out uh, you know that that's wild the fog's scary man i've never had like a radar or anything even yeah. on my my center console i didn't have a radar and it's it's a scary thing man it's just spooky yeah you never know what's out there i've done i when i first had my boat the same thing it was i was down towards uh, crystal cove yeah. i'm like dude i can't see shit yeah. and you're looking at your phone and you have the map out and you're like yeah. we're kind of close it looks like so i'm like fuck it if we could hear surfers or break just ride yeah. the beach, dude yeah. all the way up i mean ha- having a chart plotter is one thing um but that game fisher, dude, we did some stupid <laughs> stuff with it. <laughs> That's far, dude. For a little a boat little like lake that. Lake boat, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't right? know. We didn't know what we were doing. We we're just sending it. Did you pull any uh, good fish out of it? Like when you're fishing? Uh, I never got anything big. My little brother and my dad took it out. They mm-hmm. caught yellowtail and dorado with it, okay. bonito and all that stuff. But the biggest thing I got was a white sea bass, but it was like 22 inches. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, we caught some good, like, yeah. like shovel-nosed sharks just fishing off the coast. Yeah, those are fun. They're really fun. Um, your dad and your brother, they fish a little more than you? you uh, my of? brother does. He's big into fishing. Yeah, he's huge into it. Both my brother. Well, my older brother used to. Yeah, You ever hear King of the Crawl? I think I have. So that was my brother's company. They made, like, hoop nets and stuff. Okay, cool. Fish scents and all that. And he yeah. was a commercial officer fisherman. Oh, wow. Um, he did long lining out of the Dory Newport. He knows, like, well... Um, our old neighbors 
work the Dory still. Marco okay. and Costa. And my brother had a ponga from them. My dad had a ponga from them. And then my little brother, he's so he's the fishiest dude I've ever met in my life, dude. He lives, <laughs> breathes, eats it. He, um, he works on a boat in San Diego now, or okay. uh, Dana Point. He worked on the pack stars that cook down in San Diego okay. and he's done a lot of commercial fishing. As so well. yeah, they're pretty hardcore in dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just like doing it whenever I get the chance, yeah. they eat, breathe and live that. And you dive as well too. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Spearfish. Yeah. Yep. yeah. How's that going? I haven't been spearfishing since COVID actually. During really? COVID we were diving Crystal Cove. We'd take bikes down there. Yeah. Go dive. That shit's scary. You town down to there do too, anything. dude. Is it, is Crystal Cove. I mean, every year someone passes away, I feel like. Somebody passed away this year. Lobster yeah. diving there, yeah. It was, uh, was it this year or last year? The the person that passed away, they were Shut up and legs. teacher. I don't know. This year, some guy, from what I heard, and I could be totally wrong. It's yeah. all he said, she said. But from what I heard was they were diving Crystal Cove or El Moro, one of those spots. Yeah. And they showed up down in, like, San Onofre. Oh, like, that's wow, where they found dude. them. There was like a swell and I guess it was really stormy and like, I don't know. I've dove enough to know if it's stormy out, don't go fucking dive yeah. at night for bugs, dude. The vis is going to be shit, especially with the light. It's going to blind you. Did you learn diving from somewhere or you just kind of learned it as you went? Uh, kind of just learned it. My buddy, you know, a bar spinner, fine example. Oh, really? Yeah. No so way. bar spinner, um, He's been one of my idols and mentors since I was a Grom. He's a BMX, ex-BMX pro. Um, He broke his elbow and dislocated in a BMX school show on a bar spin, ironically enough. Dude, I've always wondered that. Like when when I used to watch people do that, I want to know if anyone's ever slammed and been like, oh, dude, yeah. (laughs) I guess it happened. So bar spinner owns bmxbikeshow.com. Okay. And that's one of the main reasons I was able to pursue BMX without getting a job because I was able to do shows. Yeah. Kind of got me by. And um, his arm, it doesn't extend more than that now. Dude. Like he could bend it this way, but yeah. it's locked out right there. That's it. And he hasn't been able to ride bikes for like 10 years now. Oh, and I swear, so bummed, dude, huh? snorkeling saved that dude's life, man. Really? He found a whole passion and love for the ocean. And he's um, he's a certified free dive instructor now. Oh, no way. He lives in Hawaii to snorkel tours oh, with shit. sharks and shit. Like he's no joke. But uh, me and him, we got really heavily into spearfishing. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. We'd just shoot anything just to say we could cook fish tacos on the beach. Yeah, and every time yeah. we'd get out with, like, a, uh, <laughs> like a opal eye or yeah, something, you know? Blue perch or yeah, something. Blue yeah, blue perch or opal eye <laughs> or barred perch. But it was sick, though. You just put a bunch of butter in there, and you'd have tacos right on yeah, the beach. Yeah, of you course, know? right? It's, it's tight. But that's how I got into free diving and spearfishing was just from doing that. Then um, after What year was that? Jeez. Probably 2000. Gosh, probably 2007 or 2008. So you've been doing it for a while. It's not like a, a thing where you're like, oh, I just got, like, you've been doing it for like 14, 13 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a pro no. by any means, but it's just something I've always been passionate about and love doing, you know, just being in the ocean, whether it's surfing, being on a boat or diving, free diving. Yeah. I'm scuba certified. I do pretty much anything that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I try to at least. But, if, but at the same time, you can't say you're not a pro. I mean, if someone's been doing something for, if I talk to someone, Hey, how long you fish for off and on for 14 years? I know they know what they're doing. Yeah. Much yeah. Most of the time. So it's like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a good, uh, 
A breath hold or what do they call it? Yeah, breath hold. Uh, what is your... Like, I'm not a pro by any means. I don't have like a five I just wonder because like we're in, we're in the pool last night. And my kid's like, I could do it for a minute. I'm like, I couldn't. I'm fucking out of shape. <laughs> or like Woody. You know uh, Woody from Mutiny? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I got a shitty breath hold, bro. Like, you know, like. <laughs> and then I talked to Chris Oak and he's like, shit, minutes, like four minutes or, or you know. Yeah, like, I'm not like that. <laughs> I, the, the best I've done in the ocean was 237. That's and, good, and dude. that that was at um, or it was two thirty eight. That was at uh, Shaw's Cove in Laguna, and I remember I was like, "You spinner, spot me! I'm going down." <laughs> and like I did like a long breathe up and dove down. I remember just laying on the floor, and there's two baby calicos that big just right in front of me, and I was just watching them, and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> "Just don't don't go up, Mike! Don't go up!" And I was probably like fifteen feet down and. Damn. Made it to like two thirty seven, two thirty two thirty eight, or something like that. Which is different than if you're actually hunting or yeah, oh there, totally. You know? Like you get a good minute, probably so, right. Yeah, I I get like a minute, minute and a half. That's like my average dive is minute to minute and a half. I'm not. Yeah, I, I haven't trained to do a long breath hold, and honestly, it scares the shit out of me thinking about what could happen. I would like to, but I just haven't taken that extra step to go above and beyond. Yeah, have you uh have you ever encountered like sharks or anything? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, diving or surfing? Diving. Really? Okay. Um, well, once when, or a couple of times when we weren't expecting it, um, what are those? Are they fin sharks? Soup um, fin sharks. Okay. Found those at the backside of cat. We were diving at shark Harbor with bar spinner. Okay. And, um, we're at shark Harbor and he was chasing some barracuda inside and it was September. So I'm like, I bet there's yellowtail out here. There's gotta be yellowtail out here. The water was like 70 something. Yeah. Super warm. And I'm out on the point and it's like probably 50, 60 feet out there. And I'm diving for literally probably 30, 45 minutes. The biggest fish I saw the entire time was a calico <laughs> that big. And I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? And, um, I just had like this feeling, like gut feeling, like, oh, go outside of the kelp, see what's out there, you know? And I'm like literally from here to the wall away from the okay. outside of the kelp to open ocean. And I turn around and I'm about 15, 20 feet down and there's a fucking great white sitting right on the edge staring at me. And I freaked out. I went straight up, caught a breath, like breathe, took a couple breaths as quick as I could, went back down. And the second I saw it and made eye contact with it, it just turned super slowly. And then that's when I saw like the girth and how big the thing was. Because when it's staring straight at you, you're like, yeah. holy crap, that's a shark. But you don't know so you how lost big it. it you're is. You're not supposed to lose it, right? Dude, I freaked out. <laughs> and um, I dove back down. It uh, It turned away and then just was kind of just sitting there sideways. I had to go up for air again because I'm freaking out. Went back down. I dove back down like 10 more times and didn't see it again. And then I started having like mind games. Like, did you really just see a shark? Did like, you dive back down just to make sure you don't want to get you on the... Yeah. And well... Did you have a gun with you? Yeah, I had a gun okay. with me. Um, but I don't know why I kept diving back down. I think That's I what just, I'm wondering. Like, you, were you with the boat? No. We were diving from shore, but Spinner was like 100 yards inside of me. And I was out there, like literally right on the edge of the kelp to where it's deep water and just open, you know? But it's crazy how, like, your instincts are always right. Like, something. You think when you're diving, it's all. Dude, 100%. Right, and, like, your gut, dude, you don't have those gut feelings for no reason. Something told me, like, I'm like, there's no fish in here. I bet it's on the outside. <laughs> Turn around, Mike. And I look, and there's a shark right there, you know? Um, another time. 
remember that movie Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. So you know the part where the guy is like being heli lifted out, the shark gets it, he's in the water and it comes, it swoops up and gets him. Yeah. So we were diving um, right by Jump Rock, just south of Newport Jetty. Yeah. Not south of the bay. And I'm diving, it's kind of murky, and I had that same exact vision, like I was being hunted by a shark, you know? And I pop up, and it was just like a weird feeling. I pop up, and Spinner's yelling, Hawker, Hawker, Hawker. And I'm like, what? He's like, turn around, and there's a dead seal floating right above me. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, why was I just, like, I don't really get spooked that often, but I just had that weird feeling I was being hunted. Yeah. And then I pop up, and there's a dead seal floating right above me. That was, like, bloated and gassy and just nasty. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. Trust your instincts. <laughs> right? It's Fuck. crazy, man. Especially when you dive, right? Yeah. Is that kind of a difference? Well, just life in general, I feel like. In the water, out of the water, I feel like we're all connected with the earth. We just yeah. don't realize it. You yeah. Know? No. We're, we're just so jaded by life and distracted and, you know. Instagram, no. Dude, yeah, for 100%. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, it's the truth. Um, another cool thing is you know Mike Lane, right? Yeah. He was, uh, how did you meet him? So Mike Lane was my surf team coach. He actually used to be a badass surfer. He used was to he now? rip. He <laughs> used to rip. Not anymore. He's been saying he wants to get back in the water. I still talk to him pretty often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, so do it. Stop talking about it. Get yeah. out there. But he's got like bad knees and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, he used to rip. He was my surf team coach from 2000. Three to 2006. Oh, wow. And then when I graduated high school, the year after I graduated, my little brother became a freshman at Fountain Valley High School. And so Mike was his coach also. Oh, so you guys both know yeah. Mike. Yeah, my whole family is like really tight with him. Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, that's what I, Mike, I was talking on the charter about it, you know, him and uh, Chris Bona. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we know him, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, so it's Chris. Small world, Yeah, dude. Chris knows my brothers too, just from King of the Crawl, the hoop, hoop yeah. net stuff. And yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. Small world. It is. I mean, I think with fishing, if if, if you live on the coast and you fit, you usually fish, you surf, you do something else that's on the coast. Yeah. Ride, whatever it yeah. might be. Even bikes. It's like, especially if you're in Huntington or if you're in, you know. Like uh, too far from this thing. No, is that pretty, better? That's right, cool. fine. Why you feel weird? No, I just feel like I'm like leaning away. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I'm whispering over here, but right here is how it should <laughs> supposed to be. Like Ace Ventura? There uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. So you, uh, lobster, your brother then probably is big into diving for lobster or just hooping? Just hooping. Okay. Yeah. He, so my older brother, he actually commercial fish lobster for a season. Um, he just got a bad investor and lost the company. Guy took everything. And then after the guy took everything, it went under. So it just, yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Oh, it does. I mean, it's a business. It's I life, guess. man. You meet people and you just don't know sometimes. No. Well, life's about problem solving. If you're not a good problem solver, you're <laughs> not going to uh, get anywhere. Is he doing something else? Is he doing a different boat now or something? Or uh, No. So he's plumbing. He's doing a bunch of... Okay, he's cool. always got some side hustle going nice. where he's making money and grinding. Yeah. My little brother's fishing, though. Yeah. He's he's badass. He, he knows how to catch fish. <laughs> What's your uh, your biggest... You're big into lobster, diving for lobster? Yeah. What's your biggest lobster you pulled up? I think it's like nine and a half pounds. Damn. In South County, usually. Yeah, Newport, Crystal, yeah. Crystal Cove, actually. Always. I mean, not Crystal Cove. Don't <laughs> go there. There's you nothing there. It's fished up, out. Bro. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, Crystal Cove, dude, there's so many shorts there because it's hit so hard and it's always been hit hard. Yeah. Um, you got to go to Laguna before the MPA kicked in, though, didn't you? Nah. 
Never really. No, actually, yes, once. I think it was like my twelfth birthday. Went out on the Western Pride for a half day, but oh, it was really? my first time ever on the ocean. Actually, no way, dude. My dad caught like a thirty pound halibut that day. Oh, we went out for the first half, had so much fun. My dad's like, "Let's go back out." So we went out for the second <laughs> half, and on the second uh, day or the second half of the day, that's when he got the halibut. Did you? Uh, did you dive down there? Like just to all the time in Laguna? Yeah. How's it fishing? The fishery look down there. Dude, Amazing. It's night and day compared to here. Really? And just that line. Because you see the commercial yeah. guys will push the MPA line. Oh, they And do. they know it. Yeah. You know, they, they probably know where they can stop. Yep. Then you figure right after that spot, that's probably so good, dude. Yep. You know? And you get to see it all, right? Yeah. It's, it's night and day. You know, it's crazy. There's still like lobster traps all through Laguna. Like live ones? No, like they're abandoned, like probably were lost. Occasionally you'll see a live one, but then you're like, oh, that's got to be fishing game. <laughs> you think? Man, people probably, people, I mean, I guarantee you he'll do some crazy stuff. For sure. You know, if you catch poachers, I'm sure you're going to catch dudes fishing the MPA. Dude, there's got to be. There's got to be. <laughs> Just got to be, I don't know. It's scary. I don't want the ticket, man. I Hell no. Wanna, I'm know. so paranoid of breaking the law. Like, I'm not about that, man. <laughs> Having a short or something. Yeah. You know, like I dude, always... even shorts freak me out, especially spearfishing. It's like, I, I will That's not. That's one thing that I, I kind of like go, man, how do you know? How can you, like, if I see a halibut and it's 22. 20, I won't shoot it. You looking for something 30. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure, dude. I Like, I don't want to kill something and then not even keep it. And then if I do kill something, I'm going to keep it. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be paranoid and paranoid that I'm going to get rolled. And it's <laughs> like, dude, I've learned, like, don't shoot it unless you know what you're shooting and getting into. Yeah. You know? I mean, that that's that's hard. Did you, uh, once you got into shooting the fish or hunting, I learned it's called hunting. Hunt. It is it's hunting. hunting. It, it is. is hunting. I get it. You're, it's you're crazy. You're, you're stalking them. You're being stealthy. Yeah. Uh, it took a long Long time to realize that I was actually hunting instead of just spear fishing. How long did that take you to get accumulated to like knowing how you had to kind of come up on? I heard sea bass is a whole nother story. Yeah. Have you caught a sea bass nope. shot one? No. Nope. Just, you know, I have shot one at Crystal Cove. And it, I, I remember I was at France on a BMX event. And there was like a Cressy spear gun. It was like 40 euros. I was like, hell yeah, I'm getting it. This thing's like 200 bucks back home. It was a piece of shit. That was my first spear gun. And that's how I got into spear fishing. Uh-huh. And we were diving Crystal Cove with Bar Spinner. Okay. And I was like, maybe like halfway out, like probably 15 feet of water. And I'm diving back when there was a lot of kelp there. And there's a spear, or a sea bass. And I'm like, oh, I got all excited, shot it. Fucking spear bounced right off it. The thing took off. I was too far. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, you got to be kidding. I, dude, I was so bummed. <laughs> Still to this day, that's the only legal white sea bass I've ever seen. Damn. Yeah. The yellows you've caught? I uh, shot, <laughs> shot at him. What's the what's your fish you're proud of that you've shot? Sheephead. Sheephead. Some big sheephead. I love sheephead. I dude. love sheephead. That white. It's like meat. probably my favorite fish to eat. Uh, One of my favorite. Yeah. I'm always diving from the shore though, so like very few times I've actually dove from the boat. It's always just from the shore. Really? When you had your center console, you weren't you weren't. Uh... I was fishing more. Really? Yeah, I didn't really dive. We dove a little bit, uh, but mostly fish. And then I kind of got out of spear fishing for. Probably eight years, nine years. From riding or from rod and reel? No, I got out of spear fishing. But did you, because you were riding more? Or I, no, I just, we started diving Laguna a lot and I was just kind of just zenned out, just enjoying free diving. I could, I bet that could, that's like my wife. She won't, she doesn't eat fish. Yeah. Um, she said it's like a different world ocean. So she doesn't want to really yeah. eat it. And I'm like, I get what she's saying. Like, and 
it's hard for me because I just love catching a fish. Me I mean, too. You know, so it's like that the tug is the drug. It sounds stupid, but it is. Yeah. You get hit and you get bit. It's like, oh, that's what I'm looking for. You well, know, and, you know, it's crazy. Like it got to the point to where. Like, I was spearfishing a lot. It got to the point where this one time I shot a fish. And I remember seeing it, like, swim in circles. I just felt bad. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and then I just kind of stopped after that. And then two years ago, I was like, babe, I want to get back into spearfishing. <laughs> and she got me a gun for Christmas. Then COVID hit. And I was like, great. So I've only used it, like, three times. Yeah, that's... But um, I don't know. I've kind of gotten to the thing where I only want to eat fish if I kill it myself. True. If that makes I could, yeah. sense. No, that makes you know, complete like sense. Diving and, you know, there's probably so many fishermen like, oh, this guy's pussy or whatever. <laughs> but after diving protected spots like Laguna and then diving open areas and seeing the destruction of it, like there's so much less fish. It's crazy. It's crazy, it's, dude. It's uh but don't it get me is. wrong, I'm still going to fish. I love fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm just but, saying, it's crazy. But it, it's, it's different saying. to see that firsthand, you know? And yeah. I'm, I'm still going to fish. I love fishing. I love eating fish. But I've gotten to the point to where I'm not going to go to the restaurant and order fish. I'm going to kill it. Like lobster, I will only eat lobster if I catch it myself. Yeah. You know? Like one, it's too fucking expensive. Yeah, I'm not buying lobster. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. I've got, thank God for like this, my buddy Dave Day. He, he drops them off. I've had buddies drop off lobster no. you know uh i mean if my buddy has some like tuna or something i'll eat that yeah because they caught it rotten yeah real, but... of course but i mean it's the truth it it feels good too to like catch something yourself when it you do rock fishing whatever it might be um but yeah that that's cool so then you do you still will you still go out and rod and reel fish with like mike or whoever hey guys since i know a lot of you're going to be out fishing bluefin this summer here's a couple selections from my buddy chris monroy on a couple phoenix rods these are for fishing the dead flyer on the kite. The HAX720X4H. Soft rod tip to absorb the head shakes, but enough backbone to kill them without hurting you. The next one is the PHDX4H. Fast shut off, beefy, and just plain stupid. Don't high stick it, though. A lot of people don't like the fast shut off, but he loves it. So check those out. I believe him. He's a buddy, and he's a really good stick. So please check those rods out. Check them out at Angler's Choice down in San Diego, or check them at your local tackle shop. Follow Phoenix on Instagram. Thanks, guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When he invites me on the boat. Oh, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> I was on the boat when uh, Jackson got his first yellowtail. Really? Yeah. I oh, got, fuck. you know what's crazy about Mike? Like, that guy's been like a hero of mine since I was like 16. Uh -huh. For some reason, I'm like cursed on his boat. Every time I've gone on his boat, I haven't got <laughs> shit. First time we went for, um, went for like 
Thresher in Long Beach or something. Yeah. He's like, let's go get some Thresher. I'm like, all right. Didn't catch shit. Yeah. And then went for Yellowtail, and the Yellowtail were going nuts. And Jackson caught one, but we didn't. Yeah. And they they were everywhere, and we just couldn't get bit it, that day. You know, but that's fishing. You know, it is. Sometimes so, you just have that no. that one person you go with, and you're like, fuck. You're like, fuck this. Or you guy. try to take someone, and you're like, fuck, dude. I didn't. I tried to take someone that came the other day, and I'm like, couldn't catch shit. Yeah. No conditions. I'm like. Fuck me, man. You know I'm going to look like a real dickhead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I went with Jared, the guy that rode, rode bikes as well. And I'm like, dude, it was foggy. And he's like, is he usually like this? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't find fucking. I couldn't find nachos. I couldn't find the bait barge, dude. And I'm like driving in circles. And I'm like, dude. And I didn't have the coordinates. So I'm looking at my GPS. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, it is fucking foggy. And at that's that time, scary, dude. Yeah. That's scary. But you can't show that you're scared. Fuck no, I don't. Then he's gonna freak out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like filming and shit, and I'm like, yeah, we're we're good, man. You know? <laughs> I'm in my head. I'm like, fuck no, we're not good. You know, I'm ready to lose my shit because I can't find anything. You know. Uh, and then the tankers were out there. Yeah. So I was I'd prefish for a tournament, and then I'd be driving like at 15 because I'm like, this is sketchy. Then you hear, and it's like a tankers right there. Yeah. Ooh. And that was like during COVID because there's so much shit backed up coming into the port, yep. you know? So when yeah, COVID hit, everything you're doing kind of stopped. Everything. Yeah. I got a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, thank goodness. For, I'm still my sponsors and they're still supporting me, but I had so much free time. My wife only got like two <laughs> weeks off. Then she had to start working from home. She's yeah. in construction. She's an estimator. And she's like, go get a job. You're so That's lazy. That's what I do. She must have a great job. She she does. <laughs> Stressful job, but it's a good yeah, job. I know. Um, so let's go get into the bike portion. So uh, give us your background a little bit because, I mean, some we have a lot of people that like BMX that listen to this, so give us nice. a little bit of your history in BMX. So I grew up riding sheep pills. I actually got a sheep pills tattoo on my nice. arm. Nice. Um, sheep pills are these local dirt jumps in Costa Mesa, right off the Santa Ana Riverbed in like Victoria Street, and they've been there for over 30 years. And fortunately, for me, it was only two miles from my house. I grew up riding there. Um, got the name, nickname Hucker because I was sketchy as good at the trails. Everyone called me Hucker. And I just started progressing. And I remember I couldn't jump most of the jumps. And then for like my 14th or 15th birthday, I got this new bike. And everything just kind of clicked. What kind of bike was it? It was a GT Fueler. Or no, no, no. This was a Mosh. I had a GT Fueler before and like yeah. fell in love with it. When she pills for my first time when I was 12, fell in love with it. But wasn't until I got into high school where I got my mosh and everything clicked and I got that bike. And then before I knew it, I could jump every jump there and I was super sketchy, but I was just sending it and eating crap. Do they still call it dead sailor? Yep. Okay. Just yep. wondering. Yep. <laughs> I was a king of dead sailors <laughs> <laughs> and, um, started progressing. And then remember the king of dirt contest in Huntington? Yeah. There's dirt jumps right on the beach. In the that was that before, uh, X games? No, it was, Around the same time. So the last one they had was 2004. So it was early 2000s. Okay. Maybe late 90s. And um, I entered amateur. The first one I did was Venice Beach. That was June, my sophomore year in high school. Um, or was it junior? I think it was sophomore. Entered that, got second in amateur, and the top three got a ride at the pros the next day. And there was like 80 pros, I think. Shit. And I got like 40 something. I was like, whoa, I beat like almost 40 pros. Holy shit. And then missed the New York stop. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be able to go to it anyways. That actually got canceled. Due and how to old rain. were you at the time? 16. Fuck, man. And um, actually, no, I think I was 15. 
I don't know. I was 15 or 16. Young. Fucking young as shit. Yeah. And uh, went to the Huntington Beach one, won it, and then started competing pro ever since. Okay. You know, I was 16. Yeah. So that was 2004. I graduated 2006. Yeah, I was 16. Did you ride uh, just dirt or street too? A little bit of street, lots of ramp, but mostly dirt. Dirt's still to this day my favorite, but I love riding skate parks. I like riding... You know, it's funny. My street riding mostly consists of flat land. I like to do like hang fives and bar rides and stuff. (laughs) That's what I love doing that. Uh, Well, dude, it's changed so much. Like I just looking on Instagram like, these fucking guys are doing flatland tricks on like ledges and shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I was like, dude, you could never do... Like nose manuals. When I came along, it was like, hey... You got lucky and you kind of bumped up. You know, manual across the, the island. Break. You know, you know, manual across the island a little bit, and you kind of make it at speed. No yeah. talent. Yeah, just yeah. how fast you can go and touch your wheel. Yeah. Now it's like they're actually manual. Yeah. Fucking why can you do that? No. Fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, I could do like little ones. Yeah. Like just carry my speed through it, but yeah. I can't like get up there and actually balance for any period of time. Dude, some of these guys are so technical. It's like yeah. wild. Well, it's been it's been crazy. But so when you were sixteen, you kept. Uh, Doing all the contests and getting yep. a little better. And what was yep. the first one you won? Uh, amateur. Yeah, that was the King of Dirt in Huntington, two thousand four. That was the second one. Or the first that was one? my second contest, first one I ever won. Okay. And then from that point on, I only competed in pro contests. Do you remember the first pro contest you won? <laughs> what was the first one I won? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I was really good at getting like second and third. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough, dude. You know what I'm saying? Do, w- do you remember when you started placing? How about that? At your what age were you? Um, so right out of high school, my uncle sponsored me. He's like, Mike, you know, I see a lot of potential. We want to sponsor you and mm-hmm. send you to any contest you want this summer. It's right out of high school. Um, shout out to Uncle Bill and Aunt Darlene. You're the best. <laughs> my first sponsors were. Uh, Clark Contractors Inc. and GolfDecal.com. There you go, dude. And my uncle flew me and my mom to any event I wanted in the U.S. that summer. And back then we had the Dew Tour. It was a five-stop tour throughout the U.S. from June to October. And it was massive. Like, first place was like 15 or 20 grand. It was sick. And I remember I went to the Kentucky one. I didn't even make it out of open qualifying because I was trying to double flip and I was just anxious. I was looping (laughs) out every time. And then the second one was Denver, Colorado. I started an open qualifying and I got out of it and ended up making the finals. And this was fresh out of high school. I'm 18. The best of the best riders in the world. And I'm in the finals. Yeah. And I think I got like sixth place. Fuck, dude. And I was like, holy crap, dude. Like that, that's what I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. That's when, you know, I got that realization of, dude, you could actually do this. And then, uh, that's crazy. I got like goosebumps going through my whole body right now <laughs> talking about it. That's awesome. But yeah, and so I did that for a long time. Do tour was sick. There's nothing like that anymore. But those days, like anybody that experienced that, we still talk about those days. No, it was, I'm sure. It's like it was a, such like a magical time for BMX. And uh, it was sick. Like every month you got to meet up with your friends from all around the world for these events. And you just yeah. go ride and party and ride and compete and talk crap. And just, it was the best time ever. Yeah. Do you... uh you were traveling to France, you said, like you said, yep. you're traveling everywhere, still doing uh, contests? Yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, traveling all over the place, man. I've been so fortunate to go ride events all around the world. I've been to Australia eight or nine times, Fuck, New Zealand dude. like six times, maybe seven. Uh, 
all over the place. You're uh, been to Africa twice, like. And you're making a, a living off of it, so yeah. it's even it's even crazier, you know. No, it's been my full time job since 2006. Who's your longest sponsor that you've been with? Right now, probably Demolition. Okay, they've been around long time. I think I've been on Red Bull for nine years, S and M for nine, Vans for nine. Is Advanced Skate Park still in in uh, the block? No, that's uh, that got shut down. They did. Yeah, th- there was a horrific a- accident. A guy. No way. I, yeah, a guy passed away. Unfortunately. No way. And I didn't um, know that. so that park, that was where I learned to ride ramps at, yeah. and it was so rad. And I guess from my understanding, I could be totally wrong, so don't quote me on this. But yeah. from what I heard was. That building, they had a 20-year lease, and it expired. So the last year of the lease, they made it free for everybody because you had to pay an admission fee. And um, they made it free for anybody to come in. And then that year went by, and then it, they just it kept going. And we're like, all right, so what's for going free? on? Yeah. So anybody could go ride it for free. And um, I don't know if they signed like another year lease. And then, you know, there was that bad accident. And COVID happened. And I think they just called it quits. Oh, so but this wasn't more than a couple of years ago. No, this was recent. Dude, it's been there for like 20 years, yep. right? Yep. Man. But um, they opened a new skate park in Huntington Beach. It's a huge outdoor park. It's super rad. Yeah. So from what I heard was they were going to open that and close vans after the big lease was up or whatever. But then mm-hmm. they kept it open and then had both. And then it's crazy. The the outdoor vans is still shut down because of COVID. It's nuts. And you're outside. Yeah. It's like, I don't get it. But Did you ever go to Castillo's? Didn't you have one over here? Oh, uh, his old ramps. Yeah. At, at the warehouse. Yeah. Those things are pretty So sick. they moved. They're actually off the 605 now and like, is it Peck Road? Okay. I don't know. It's down there off the 605, but they don't have ramps anymore. Yeah. But I used to go ride those ramps. It was yeah. really fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh. I remember when I was young, it was Sean McKenney's, and we used to go. He had the Vans vert ramp, the mobile yeah, one. Yep. So it was like, hey, who has balls to fucking try to drop yeah. in? And I was, this was like 2009, dude. Yeah. And then he had the spine, and I remember just fucking learning how to do that and just eating shit. Yeah. You know, on spines. <laughs> and then, uh, do they still have the one in Costa Mesa? What was the name of that one? Volcom? No, it was a. It was like a, oh, right off 17th, kind of. Oh, uh, RSA. Yes. RSA. I used to rollerblade there. Really? Yeah. Oh, you used to fruit boot? I used to fruit boot. <laughs> so one of my best friends from childhood, well, he is my best friend from childhood, John Bonthis. We grew up in the same neighborhood together for years. We always thought he was older than me because he was a year ahead of me in school. And after like a couple of years, I was like, when's your birthday? He's like, September 29th. I was like, mine's September 28th. What year? 87. <laughs> what? And I'm actually a day older than him. Okay. But he got me into fruit booting and he was all about it. And so I got a pair of rollerblades and I would mostly ride like if I had a flat tire because I couldn't afford a new tube. Yeah. So I'd go rollerblade and I got him into BMX. And then he actually got into welding and he is full BMX. He rides mountain bikes now. He lives oh, up no in Washington. Way. I just saw him this weekend at Sheep actually. No way. But um, he custom welded all the custom frames at S&M for a long time. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I got he got me into fruit booting back in the day and I got him into BMX. Damn. And then he's still like stayed in the bike industry this whole time. That's wild. Yeah. I remember I've had a lot of friends, even just, I have friends in hardcore bands that work down there. Uh, my friend Martin worked there for a while. Um, I remember, uh, was it Robbie Morales? Yeah. Robbo. He, he used to go to hardcore shows because I played in hardcore bands because he was into like some of the bands, yeah. old school hardcore bands. But yeah, all those older guys is what I remember. 
or going to the the to the X Games, the first one. That was wild. I went to a BS contest. That was cool. The so BS bicycle stunt. That was before the X Games. No way. So that was like Escamilla. Um, I think Dave Mirror would be. Everyone would be there. It was old school yeah. shit. Hoffman before Hoffman was Hoffman. You know. Yeah. I mean, he was still Hoffman there. But he's not the Hoffman today. That was like not before the, the No Hind was, Nine and stuff. Yeah, it was it was like a, a long time ago. That yeah. was like a shit, dude. Taj Mahalik was there. Um that that was all the the school, like Dirty Deeds was the yeah. fucking video. Broke that thing. Then twelve oh one. Yeah. So remember that video? <laughs> yeah. So that's my my I've kept that as my like my my email's Nick T twelve oh one. Nice. I've always kept that as like my thing, twelve oh one. That video is like fuck the fat the FBM guys game changing yeah yeah I mean it's riding so it's crazy because it can it it uh it's even my kid like I'm fucking out of shape and he got into bikes and I'm like I could do some stuff he's like get the fuck out of here I'm like watch this I still you know tail tap three sixty yeah. or do, you know it's fun you to, don't lose it man no you, it's like there, there's some things you don't lose some things so you're like I'm never doing that again but there's certain things that you'll never lose you'll always have it you jump on it and it's not like I'm like oh sketchy I'm like I'm comfortable yeah. I can get around I can get you know like yeah I could hop up a curb yes, still if I need smooth, to yeah for sure start manually I got a dirt jumper and start manually again a little Sick. I'm like cool but. Riding is like something like that is is, is like where uh, everyone could connect with that. Yeah, a lot of people you in know? some way for sure. It's like Adrian and Freddie and Doc. Yeah. Like I, knew, you know, it's crazy that it's such a small world like that, and they stuck around. Yeah, with S and M and everything too as well. I mean, I remember the first videos with S and M. So wild, you know, <laughs> and where it is now. Yeah, it was like nuts. Dude, yeah, they're like one still one of the top companies. I mean, I'm not sure how it works now. Or the frames work like yeah. So S and M is the last American-made BMX company. Are you serious? The last one. FBM was the other one, and they just went under two years ago. No way. Steve Crandall pulled the plug. Steve Crandall's still around, but um, he's not doing F- FBM anymore. That sucks. Yeah. What about Standard? Standard is still around. I believe Jamie Bestwick rides for him. The vert rider. Really? Dude, Jamie's Fuck, so dude. Rad. But Standard's still around. Yeah. I feel like they're not as big as they used to be. But they're still around. That was the two companies back then. It was like Hoffman, Standard, and S&M. Yeah. And then GT was kind of like Trevor Meyer was the golden boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> does he still ride? I'm sure he does somewhere. Dude was a machine, dude. Yeah. Rode so good. He's got to still ride. And then uh, what about, you probably know this dude, big Viking looking fucking dude that rode Flatline End Street. Nate, is it Nate? Uh, fuck. People are going to go, you stupid idiots, this person. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's on the big dude. Ponytail. He had a ponytail in his younger days, big, long ponytail. Oh, my gosh. What movies w- was he in? I remember seeing him in movies. Was he in movies, too? Yeah. But he uh, rode Flatline and Street. But he, he rode Flatline first. Was and then he, he in Inferno? <sighs> remember BMX Inferno? I think so. I forgot. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But he, was, he got into Street Actor and got really good. It's neat. I don't know. I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that was another one. And McKenney was another one that could ride ramp and rode flatline. Dude, McKenney's the dude that first got me on S&M. Oh, no way. So back when I was in high school, um, we were riding the Etney Skate Park, and McKenney used to come. And I remember like he'd pedal up at the big old oververt wall, and he'd grind the whole thing around the bull corner. And everyone was just like, dude, you're nuts. He'd just go full (laughs) speed at it. He was like a flatlander, but he rode everything. Yeah. But um, he was like, yeah, Hucker, so uh, are you going to come by and let us put a bike under you? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like, all right. Um, 
just come on in. And I come in, and he's like, yeah, so basically how this works is, you know, you get what you need, and you need to bring us some beer. And he's like, I know you're not 18, so I'll go with you. And I was like, all right. So I had to buy him, like, a case of uh, Tecate. And, yeah, he hooked me up with my first S- Not my first S&M bike, but my first one that was given to me. Dude, that's wild. Yeah, I was on a Stricker before that. I remember, like, my dream just came true. I got on S&M Flow. I was, like, 17, maybe 18. I might have been 18. Yeah. But I think it was senior year in high school. Dude. And I got my ATF and did the do tours and all that. And then, um, you know, Fuzzy Hall. Yeah, so of he, course. He swooped oh me God. up. I met him at that Huntington Beach King of Dirt. Bar Spinner introduced me. Yeah. And, and Fuzzy, I, Bar Spinner had me show him a video where I was trying to double flip. I was like 15 or 16 <laughs> and I ate shit, but I had there. It was a tiny jump and I was just out in this field at the old Slater trails. Slater. I was going to ask you if they're still there. No, but kind of. So now it's the wetland trails. Okay. But um, I showed him this video. Fuzzy Barsmaner made me show it to him. I had like my camcorder. And Fuzzy's like, holy shit, that's you. How old are you? You're trying double flips. What the hell's wrong with you? And he always took care of me ever since that day. So Fuzzy became the Redline team manager. Okay. And I left S&M to go ride for Redline. Redline. I was was only on. They were still around then. So I was on S&M Flow. And I got this opportunity to ride for Redline, and Fuzzy's like, we'll pay you 500 bucks a month or whatever it was, and we'll fly you to any event you want. And I was just like, done. Heck yeah, you know? And uh, that was amazing, man. They flew me to every due tour, any contest I wanted to go to, for the most part, they'd Uh fly me. And uh, that's a huge part of how I became the rider I am today and became as known as... Why did you leave Redline back to S&M? Yeah, so S&M was always my dream sponsor. And Fuzzy had left Redline to go work for Red Bull. And then he got me on Red Bull. And Redline, you know how corporate companies are. They restructure. They just change. You know, they go different paths. And every year, just something in my contract would just start, like, getting cut, you know? And I'm like, all right, whatever. And it just it got to the point to where S&M hit me up. And I knew that they were going to because somebody told me, yo, Muller wants to have a meeting with you. And I'm like, all right, sick. And Redline was so fucking amazing. I'm so thankful for everything that ever happened to them mm-hmm. or with them. And um, Muller sat me down and he just broke it down. He's like, you know, I feel like SM's kind of been neglected. We've been dealing, just putting all of our energy into fit. And we want to revive it and we want to bring you back on the team or we want to bring you onto the team, the pro team. He's like, we'll pay for, you know, travel. We want to give you salary. We want to give you a signature bike, all this stuff. And at the very end of it, he's like, oh yeah. And I want to take care of your health insurance. That's a big one. And I remember (laughs) when I rode for Redline, I begged them. I was getting paid 500 a month and my health insurance is 580 bucks a month. Yeah. And back then that was my only paying sponsor. So, you know, I had to do shows. I it, it was I was just barely getting by the whole time I was on Redline. But I'm so thankful because without Redline, I wouldn't be where I am today because I got to go. You needed to, that jump. I got, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Redline was the best thing that ever happened to me up until that point. And then S&M came. And I remember begging Redline. I'm like, dude, like, how about you guys just take my, my pay away and you just cover my health insurance? Like, let's do that. And they wouldn't do it because I wasn't an employee. I was an yeah. uh, individual contractor. And, uh... Muller said that and I was just like gotta do it let's do it man like this is I already told him I was like it's been my dream to ride for you my whole life 
now it's like fully come around. Then that year, that was 2011. Actually, I think it was 2012. I got on Red Bull Vans Demolition Pro. I I was on Demolition Flow for a long time, probably like five, four or five years. And then I got jumped up to pro. So that's there's a big difference that you can kind of make a comparison to fishing. There's promotional staff yeah. and there's pro. Yeah. So flow would be like a promotional exactly. staff. And then pros, pro staff. Yeah. Which promotional sick. No. Of, you know, no, I mean, it's I'm the, so I'm the sick, same, but yeah. it doesn't pay the bills. That's the bottom line. You, you got to hustle and sell your stuff. But then I always felt sketchy, like selling stuff I got for free. I'm like, I just take it, you know? <laughs> like, I'm the same way. But just like, I remember being a grom that couldn't afford a new tube, you know? Yeah. So if I see a kid at the trails with a, jacked up bike like dude i have two bikes right now one Mm -hmm. of them's my bike from x games like four years ago and that's one my wife rides and the bike i ride today anytime i get a new bike my old bike gets taken apart and given to people that's cool as fuck yeah Um, and uh except for my last one this guy really wanted to buy it and i was actually gonna keep it because i was like dude i need to start keeping my shit yeah and he's like dude i want to buy it off you and i'm like i don't feel right doing that my buddy ricky was friends with him he's like dude just sell him the bike he wants to buy it just sell, and it had like tie my only bike i've ever had tie rims and, <laughs> or tie spokes yeah and i was like dude i really want to keep this one and he ended up buying it but dude i always just give my stuff away you know that's good though that's yeah. that's good karma as well well i just i remember being the grom and i remember i was at the trails one day at sheep and my handlebars were like that oh <sighs> And I'm riding, and Brian, you know, Brian Foster? Yeah. So he showed up, and he just started laughing. He's like, dude, you really don't have any other bars? I'm like, no, dude, they still work. And he just kind of, like, chuckled. He's like, I got some bars at home. They're bent, but they're not that bent. I'll bring them for you tomorrow. And I was like, I got BF bars. This is the sickest (laughs) thing ever. Then that bike got stolen. But Oh, fuck. Yeah, high school. We were down on the riverbed catching frogs, and the bike was up on the riverbed right next to the jumps. And we saw guys, like, looking down at us. We came back, and my bike was the only one gone. Dude, so bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, when you've been doing this, like getting sponsorships and stuff, how do you uh, go about that? So, like, I'm only asking this, like, as a personal thing. Like, you want to make sure that you represent something that you actually back. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes. Maybe like you know. Yeah. You got to make that choice. Have you had to do that a couple times where you're like, I can't do that. I just don't believe in it. So you know, I've done that, and I don't believe in it either. But it also gets the point to, you know, how bad do you want to do this and what pays the bills? Yeah. You know? Did you struggle with that? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Up until, geez, up until I got on Red Bull, man, it was a struggle. Because you had people coming at you. Well. The, or you, you get people coming at you offering you money, but you're like, I don't know what this well, company half is. The time, well, okay, that's happened a couple of times. Uh-huh. But most of the time, they just don't want to pay you anything. They're like, yeah, yeah, like, we'll give you free stuff. And I'm like, I like free stuff, but, you know, I'll get a job and I won't be who I am on a bike because I'm not practicing enough, you know? Uh, So it's hard, man. It's a fine line. You know, life's about balance. You got to find that balance. I've written for companies that I was not about at all. And I did it because, like... You know, I really respected the person that asked me to do it. So I'm like, all right, well, this has got to be a good thing. Yeah. But the bottom line is if it doesn't feel like family, it just kind of sucks, man. Like I've had sponsors where it's like, okay, here's your paycheck. Paycheck comes every month. That's it. They don't talk to me, nothing. (laughs) Paycheck. And that's cool and stuff. That's cool. But it, it is so sick to actually be a part of something and for it to feel like family. 
And that's where I'm at right now. Like every sponsor I have, it's a family. And it's it's taken, you know, my whole career to get to that point. Yeah. And I'm thankful for all of it, every bit of it, like the paychecks, the the bullshit that goes into some things, the injuries, everything. Like I'm so thankful for all of it. But it is the best feeling ever when it feels like family. Even if you're just on flow, but it still feels like family. No, I agree. Because you know, you could go to any company and you're just a number. And that sucks, man. It's a horrible feeling. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I agree. I think that's with anything, though. Like, we're just, I guess that's a great question, just a, a basic question, because you have, that could go to surfing, yeah. fishing, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, social media, whatever you're doing, because you yeah. got to pump that as well. Yeah. Do you feel like you got to do that a little more now, too? 100%. Yeah. That's like a job in itself. Right? So social media for me is, it's always been a struggle it was easier when i was younger i was like yeah i'm doing all this cool shit like look at i'm spearfishing today i'm surfing tomorrow i'm riding my bike and i was young and i didn't care and then the older i got the more i just started hating social media because i find myself just scrolling through stupid shit for way too long and i'm like dude i'm wasting my life and then i don't know i get like with social media i still struggle with it i get like writer's block you know how like a writer like they can't think of what to write that's how i get with what to post and I'm just like, oh, and then every time I'm super stoked on something, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to throw this up on the gram. Does horrible. And every time I just slap something on and don't give two shits about it, it does great. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, and so it got like really frustrating for a while because for a while I was like really trying. Like, yeah, man, like this is my job. I got to do this. And I realized the more I tried, the worse it did. And the less I tried, and the less I cared, the better it did. Yeah. And I feel like that's keeping it organic, you know? No, and, I agree uh, 100%. I mean, because that's like, it, I think a lot of people struggle with the same thing yeah. nowadays. Especially having a business like you do, like you're, you're your own business. Yeah. You got to promote yourself, yeah. you know? And that's I always awesome. hated self-promotion too, but now the older I get, the more I You understand it. I understand it yeah. now. Back then I just hated it. Now I understand it. It's still like, I don't know, it's still like kind of stabbing me in the heart when I do yeah. it. But, I, but I, I understand it and I get it now and it's not as bad anymore. You know, I, oh, yeah. now, now I'm at the point to where I'm thankful I get to do it. You know, back then I was just like, oh, I got to take a photo of, <laughs> you know, a pedal. Yeah. Like not, nobody wants to see a fucking pedal. <laughs> like, You're part of your contract. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, so now it, it's, it's better. I'll throw that one up on the story for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> not hard. Swipe up. Yeah. Right. Swipe up. <laughs> um, let's talk about your sponsors. Uh, I'll plug everyone, you know, that supports you. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Red Bull. You guys have been amazing. S&M Bikes, Demolition, Parts, ODI, Vans, um, Opkicks. It's this little social media camera. I bought some. It's I bought badass. Some. It's, it's cool. Yeah, what do you think of it? I liked it. I mean, the battery easy. could go a little longer, but yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, for yeah. fishing, yeah. not for riding. Yeah, yeah, for, for fishing. fishing, it would be like I, I used it on my hat. Yeah, I've used it underwater, clear video. Yeah, yeah I like it. The, the underwater stuff is actually clear. pretty yes. good on it for some I reason. I have a video up of, of using just that oh. camera. Yeah, uh, and then um, Epic BMX is the bike shop I've ridden for for okay. a long time. Where are they at? Uh, Westminster, right okay. off the four hundred five Magnolia. All right, uh, and then Fix Manufacturing. They make a multi-tool. I've been talking to them about making a fishing tool, actually, but they oh, make hey. a multi-tool, and I usually wear it. I'm not today, 
but um, it's the size of a belt buckle. It's okay. tiny. And they do a snow one for like skiing and snowboard. They do a skate one, a surf one, a cycling one. There's like a chain breaker and chain links and no all the way. tools you need Fuck. for your bike. And it's literally that thick and like, you know, that big. No and more bag of tools? No. Remember those days? No. <laughs> well, th- this is better for like if you're out on a trail and yeah. you don't want to carry a backpack. Like obviously those tools are better. But if you're in a situation where you don't want to be lugging a backpack around yeah, and you know, you're still covered, you know, it's yeah. dialed, yeah. especially for like anything like surfing. You just, I keep it in my truck all the time. Yeah. It's tiny. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but I've been talking to him about making a like fishing one. Be a cool. Good, shit, yeah, man. dude, it's literally in your belt buckle. You don't yeah. need to go into your pocket. Just pop it right off. It's magnetic. <laughs> yeah. It's so dialed. Um, what about your brother? Does he have anything you want to plug or he's doing or, Nah, no, not at the moment. Yeah, all right. Just unfortunately, you know, to help plug if I can. I mean, he loves fishing. <laughs> he's always looking for a fishing job somewhere. Check he's, him out. Yeah, he's like the main deckhand on. Or what, what's it even called? Like the the head deckhand. A, I don't know. I don't know. He's I'm like the that. head deckhand on some boat down in Dana Point now. Nice. It's like a half day, but I think it's like real fun or something. Something. Yeah. Brian Brian Wood, He's a real cool guy. He's the captain. I think. Oh no. Way. Yeah. Wait. What's his name? Brian. Brian what? Wor- Wor- Whirly. Willard? Yeah. No, something the W. I'm, I'm going to fuck up. Sorry, Willard. Brian. You're the man, Brian. Whirly. Yeah. Whirly. So Myron's really good friends with that guy. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was like the captain. I think it, I, I could be mistaken, but basically he was like the second captain on the Pack Star. Mm-hmm. My brother was the cook on that boat for okay. a season. If this is the same guy we're thinking of, but now he's like a captain of a boat down there or something. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't even know the real details. <laughs> I'm, gonna be like, I'm just screwing everything up. So everything I just said, disregard <laughs> it, except for Myron, you're a badass and you know how to catch fish. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mike, for coming. I appreciate you taking the time to come out here. And it's a great story, dude. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. All right.